Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a great guest today. We're going to be talking about the thing that men need love, too. Our guest today was at Parkland, and he gave a very compelling keynote about men and boys and the crisis that, that is going on right now. Um, and he's going to talk to us about how we can reach out to men and boys when they've had a trauma and a loss. And his name is Dr. Michael Revito. He is here today from Florida because he is an assistant professor and he just finished teaching a class today. He is an assistant professor in health sciences at the University of Central Florida. Um, we're going to talk to him about social connectedness and men. And he, has, he is uh, the founder and president, as you know, mom, of the Men's Health Initiative. And it is his mission in life to help men express themselves, feel empowered, and treat themselves and others with the respect that they deserve. And we are so honored to have him on because he really made an impact on us when we met him in Florida. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, I appreciate that. It's very, very flattering. I appreciate that. Hi, Michael, welcome. Thank you. You've got a great sight. I love <laughs> that sight. It's, it's really a nice sight and, and good story on it. My life is kind of like uh, any John Mellencamp song, you know, like Middle America kind of thing. Dad's a mechanic. My mom's a secretary. They're both retired now. But though, my resources in life are kind of like not that great. I uh, had a testicular cancer scare when I was a kid. I guess like 16. Um, felt a lump. I I didn't say anything because what guy says anything about that stuff? Well, that's right. the problem. That's the problem, right? But. Um, I didn't tell my parents about this because I was afraid or embarrassed. And so I went like six months thinking I was I, like I had cancer, I was going to die. It was horrible feeling for me. I didn't have it, thank God. It wasn't that. What I did experience was I thought I was going to die. For me, in my head, it was real. And so that's a burden. I didn't understand that. And, and you don't have anyone that you can share it with. You're, no. you're holding a secret alone as a teenager. No, I used to like sit there and is brood about this for hours and days but anyway long story short i told my parents i got checked out it wasn't cancer and um i decided well then like a couple years later i was in grad school i it came back as something called the varicocele it's fairly common in guys but um i said if i ever had a chance to kind of like help guys understand this or help guys learn about their bodies more so then i'll do that and so um in 2010 i when i got my phd i decided to start the men's health initiative up and uh, for the most part um, what I wanted to do then was just inform guys but I since I met my wife Kathy we kind of expanded our our, our scope of what we want to do and uh, right now what we're doing is we're providing spaces and opportunities for males to build agency gain knowledge and become empowered um, we're doing this so we can build a culture of wellness uh, so much of our time is focused on the medical model. They really don't focus on the holistic person, I guess, like mind, body, and soul or mind, body, and spirit. Um, we're doing this through a evidence informed perspective, not really an evidence based perspective because I think that limits us sometimes. And, um, uh, yeah, what we want to do and last thing here, sorry for my little pitch, but I think it's important that we approach males from a more salutogenic or a strength-based perspective and not so much from a pathogenic or a you have a problem perspective, you know? I like that. And I know when we were down in Parkland, you were talking a little bit about 
how important do you think it is for males to have another male that can help them? And particularly maybe males, it may not be a family member. Michael, and I'm thinking about our, our viewers because you know, they've had, they've had grief and loss. And I think that uh, what you're saying really applies to them as well, because I think that there's a lot, what I hear from parents often is that their boys are not talking to them after the death of a family member. And that they're very concerned because they have no idea how their boys are doing. And they just want to know that they're okay because they're, they're not saying anything to anybody. And that worries them. We far too many times think that a guy is supposed to be quiet, reserved, the, the rock. But the, we're, we're all humans. I don't care what we are, male or female or whatever. We all have these emotions and deep thoughts and we have these fears and concerns and everyone thinks them no matter what we say in the external part of our body internally it's just like you're running a rat race and these little boys these young guys they're grieving they're sad they're hurting they're just not telling you so are they doing okay probably not and so i don't it's more of an individual thing it's do with each individual guy to kind of break through but you have to try to break through to get them to open up to you because they are grieving, and if they, they and how, how do you how do you do that? I mean, we even struggle with compassionate friends because compassionate friends is about seventy percent females, and I don't know. You know, my mom and I talked about this before the show. How to increase that, or maybe you know that's not what men need after after a loss. We're not sure, but how do you get boys and men to open up more about what exactly is going on and be more vulnerable? Well. I'm not trying to get too wonky on here, but like there's some research there. This is from a smoking cessation vein of research. But what this, what this team was saying is that harping is the worst thing to get a husband to stop smoking. If you're harping on your husband, he'll do it more. Okay, fine. So I, got, I started getting to different perspectives or different tactics to try to have people change their behavior or open up. So what I found was after I read that side, like, oh, okay, so there's individual perspectives. What I found to be most effective was whenever I talked to any guy, it could be my staff, it could be any guy in my class, and it happens a lot. It could be anyone that I actually study, like as part of research proposal, like research studies. If I just talk to them like they're a human being, like without this, if I remove the vertical kind of like uh, hierarchy, but I'm like Michael. I'm not doctor this. I'm not professor that. I'm just like, hey, I'm Michael and I'm a guy. Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. I think if you kind of like make it like where it's even level, like you're talking about it, like true concern for me, and this is from my perspective, and this could be for individual guys. So I don't know. But from my perspective, if I just kind of eliminated that whole like, I'm here to help you versus like, I'm here to listen, I think that really helps out a lot. Sounds to me like what you're doing is giving them space. Yeah. It's like, you tell me how you feel, but I want you to tell me through your own voice. Don't let me assume things or don't let me try to persuade you through my own man. I'm like, just tell me like, what's up? Like, let me, you know, like, let me listen to you. They tend I to like respond. I like, I like the idea of I'm here to listen. I'm not here to give advice, you know, mm-hmm. and to be the expert because like you said, people don't want to be talked at. They want to, they don't, and they don't want to know that you have a hidden agenda of what you're trying to get to. You're just there to kind of give them a place to say whatever they need to say. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, sounds like curiosity too. You honestly are curious about where they are. Yeah, because if you look at some of these individual guys, it's like there's 
layers and layers and layers of things like these adverse childhood experiences or their own that it's we don't know unless they tell us and so if the best way to have someone tell us a story is to listen i guess i don't know it's, it sounds really simple but that's the most effective for me mm-hmm. how about we always uh hear and heidi and i say it to people sometimes at least i do sometimes you just have to do activities with guys yeah actually at mhi we're developing these couple programs where we're we're um it's a it's not hiking. We call it rucking, you know, rucksacks in the military. You put on backpacks, you go walk around. But um, we're, we're getting these small groups of men to go out and do a ruck together. It's not so much the exercise. It's more like the camaraderie, getting into nature, just having them the space to kind of be themselves. But like we'll have these opportunities for them to kind of share experiences. Like, like I'll prompt them with different things, but it's not a force. It's very like a very passively forced kind of conversation where – I'll bring something up if you want to share. That's fine. But together, and they have the opportunity to, to, to kind of like share if they want. That's what MHI does. We provide opportunities. For yeah, them to grow. So this is the men's health initiative that you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the idea of rucking, don't you, Mom, with, with the guys? Yeah. Yeah. How does it look? Tell us about the day. If I were watching this and I wanted to do some kind of a group with men, well, I, I wanted to just do a hike or something. How do you do it? How does the day go? Well, we the small squads it's like maybe five or seven guys and it could be for females too but the idea like five or seven guys we'll meet up at a central point and we'll just kind of like hey what's up bob what's up mike hey all right let's go and that's all it is in the beginning i don't go into like hi i'm michael i'm here to do like i don't do that i'm like hey what's going on michael how are you doing let's take a walk and we'll put our backpacks on and go walking and then maybe after maybe about 20 minutes or so, they'll fall. We'll have chit chat, of course, but like, like, did you watch the Warriors last night? Whatever, like, or whatever it is. Like, did you hear this speech or something? But at around 20, 30 minutes, I'll kind of stop for a water break. I'm like, yo, here, look, read this. And what I usually do is I have them carry around like a card with them. And I put like a phrase on there or something like a word vulnerable, like, and just the word vulnerable on a card. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, don't, don't worry about that. Let's just wait. Let's go hike. Let's walk around. Let's see what's up. And I'll stop. I'm like, all right, Bob. So what's the first thing that comes in your head when you see that word? And that just starts it all. And that just opens up floodgates for people. It's like one word. And it's like, it's actually kind of weird. It's like one word for these big brawny guys. And they just, blah, blah, blah. They just like let everything out. It's amazing. Give us three words. Vulnerable. I go into authentic self a lot and I ask them like, like, are you authentic? Or like, like, are you your authentic self? And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, are you what you really want to be? Or are you kind of putting on airs? Or are you like putting on a play for somebody? So the idea of like authenticity, vulnerability, or even like, like protection or love, like those one words like that. The other thing I like is that you guys do this, the, the side by side, because we found and we've read a lot about the fact that some of the best conversations with men and boys happen shoulder to shoulder, not eye to eye. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what happened because like the, what ends up happening is like you have like side conversations and that's what I really want to foster these like little side by side, one-on-one kind of like side conversations about like, Hey, I'm Tim, I'm married or I'm divorced. Like I'm going through this. That's what really helps. Not so much me talking to them. It's like what yeah. they find in common, like with the other guys there that they can kind of share because they're not only sharing with me, but they're sharing with other people too. You went to Parkland with us. And I know uh, one of the things that we talked shortly about is 
why someone would do something like go into class and shoot people up. It just seems to be there's layers and layers piling up among these guys like an onion, you know? And there's so many things that they're dealing with that people have different breaking points, you know? And to be socially disconnected, and when you sit with your thoughts alone and you see, you'd be surprised what pops in your head of what you want to do to relieve that. Where would I start? If you could somehow just get, or if I'm a, if I'm a young man and I'm dealing with this, I found that sharing information, just having someone there where I felt comfortable enough to kind of explain these things to somebody or just divulge information without being made a fool or me may feel a fool if I could find the person I could trust and share information and not be judged that would be fantastic if I was a person like a parent and I had a child that I thought was going through that I'd, I'd try my hardest to try to somehow connect with them have them open up in some way that's the only way that you're gonna understand like what's really going on and how, how to solve the problem is have them open up you know, I think that's really interesting, Heidi, because the idea that you could find somebody as a parent besides you, I mean, maybe uh, you're not the one to take it on. Maybe there's a favorite uncle, maybe yeah. there's somebody that they connect with, an older, uh, I have a grandson who's very close to his cousin and talks to him a lot about work. You know, he's trying to get a career and he was telling me how great it was to have his cousin who's five years older talk to him about his career. So you know, maybe looking for other people outside of the parent. There's so much pressure on the parents, don't you think, Heidi? Well, and sometimes the parents have a hard time hearing it. Yeah. Because, I mean, their, their child has been abused and they weren't involved. It's sometimes hard to hear that. And sometimes they can get so enraged or so upset that it shuts the child down, as Michael mm -hmm. has seen. Because that, you know, that's a way that the child stops talking because then they're concerned about taking care of the parent. And we definitely see that in grief and loss. You know, the sibling has got a sibling die and the parent can't figure out why they're not talking. It's because they don't want to upset the parents. Older people, older guys can also heal. You can be 80, 90, 100 and still change stuff. I, I do believe in the, the world as a very, you know, malleable place. And you can change whatever you want as long as you believe in yourself, you know. No matter where you I, change, I like, what I, I like that, Michael, because Sometimes people harbor secrets for many, many years. And, and they, they don't, it's not until there's an adult that they're gonna reach out maybe to someone like you and tell their story. So like you said, it's never too late to, to tell your story to somebody. How do people get in touch with you? Well, again, Men's Health Initiative, I mean, we have a website, mhinitiative.org. But you could always email me. It's the uh, mrovito at mhinitiative.org. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Well, thank you for the time. Michael, thank you so much. You are doing such important work. I feel like we could talk about this all day. I love what you're doing. And for those of you that want to find Michael, if you just Google in Men's Health Initiative, you will find him. Um, keep fighting the good fight. This is a very important topic. Hey, thank you. I appreciate thank the time. Well, uh, I love, one of the things that I love most, Michael, that you do is you really come from the heart. And I think that is so important. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thanks everybody for watching this show today. And we always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own.